All right, everybody, long time no see. This is Haley Heathman with Liberty Alliance Network's What Can We Do? I am back today with uh, Nick Catarano. You might remember we had Nick on uh, several months ago uh, when he was in the midst of the Disney fight. He's been an 18-year employee of Disney, and it was on... Um, he was kind of leading the spearheading the efforts to take on Disney over their uh, vaccine mandates and was involved in a, a lawsuit about that. And he's kind of become the spokes figure for that whole movement here in Florida, uh, you know, taking on woke corporations. He's been on Alex Jones. He was recently on uh, Laura Ingram's Ingram Angle to talk about the, the, the recent Disney uh, scuffle that happened with the, the Ron DeSantis's don't say gay bill. But um, I'm pleased to have him back. He reached out to me uh, a few days ago and he said, you know what, Haley, uh, Laura's cool, but she didn't really do it for me. I prefer Haley Heathman over Link Laura Ingram. So uh, how about we do another interview? I said, well, flattery will get you everywhere, Nick. So, of course, oh. here we are. <laughs> and, and, and that's true. That's true. You know, Laura Ingram <laughs> is great to watch, but, you know, somebody of my level, I don't get much uh, airtime. So I couldn't articulate all the things I was concerned about. And I just remember it was funny because I was on the stage and DeSantis turned and he was so gracious and talking to us. And I just felt like I got slugged and didn't know what happened. And I looked over his shoulder and I looked at Laura and I go, is that it? And, <laughs> and it was it was kind of terrible because DeSantis was being gracious. But I was just couldn't believe like I didn't get a chance to talk. I didn't, there's so many things I want to say. Um, so here's an opportunity. I know me and you had a great conversation before. Um We've we've had good. I watch your Twitter feeds and and you know your 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 all your thoughts. You hit a lot harder than I do a lot of times. Um, but I I'm in total agreement with the absurdity. How we just observe all the absurdity in our culture now, and so much has changed. Oh my gosh, and it's going so fast. And you know we just feel and, and like you we're, can't even we're, you can't even believe how fast this is going. You're, you you I mean like you wake up and it's like what world am I living in? I just it's unbelievable. And I, you know, what they talked about, I think I saw something recently where, uh, what was it, the UN and the WHO are teaming up because they're trying to accelerate the 2030 agenda, the global 2030. And I'm like, well, what's the hurry? You know, <laughs> like, what, why are they in such a big hurry? I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I think it's now or never. I think, you know, we get the movie, The 2000 Mules. So now we know there's election integrity problems. I think a lot of people are aware now. Um, I think people are waking up to these shots that they sold us or, you know, all the adverse reactions and all cause mortality that they're seeing. Um, inflation is one of those things that you can't hide that people are feeling. Uh, you're, you're seeing photo ops in the Ukraine and going into a war zone and they're going over there. People are going over there to watch a U2 concert and dog shows. It's I think they know they're in trouble. They're underwater and this is their window of opportunity. So if they don't if they don't nail it down now, even though they're 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 calling their goal at 2030, they're not going to get there. And uh, I think uh, by the grace of God, we're going to do our part to make sure they don't get there. And I think a lot of people are starting to wake up. It's just we got to get them in the fight. Um, that's that's been the thing that we talked about before. And here we are now. And I think we both feel the same. We just need people to engage, get in the fight, speak up and be a voice. I think, um, I, I mean, of course, you're absolutely right. And I still get stuck, though. And, you know, about what you and I, I mean, you know, I say that kind of metaphorically, like what you and I, like little people can do. I mean, you know, you've kind of been thrust into the spotlight a little bit, but I'm just little old me as well. Neither of us really are any, of anybody of importance. And um, 
what is it that we can do? How do you take on the global, global regime, these billionaires that have deep pockets and they have agents everywhere? I mean, I feel like, I feel like at a loss. Um, and, um, you know, like I have, I'll have host like events at my house or have picnics in the park and everything. And I was trying to start a neighborhood group, trying to get like, like-minded people together. And I've kind of put that on hiatus too, because I'm just like, well, what's the, especially here where I am in central Florida, where it's pretty safe, it's pretty red. I'm like, well, what's the call to action? What am I trying to get people to do? And I'm like, I don't really know. (laughs) Uh, And I, I struggle with that. I mean, it's certainly in other places um, in more blue areas or even other places in Florida. I mean, they would probably, I mean, where you are in Orlando, of course. Um, But where I am, it's kind of, I'm, I'm spinning my wheels a little bit and it's kind of, you know, when there's not a boogeyman right there in your backyard to fight, like, how do you fight the, you know, like this abstract global tentacle organization that's taking over the world? I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I think it's kind of hopeless, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, when you, when you, if, you, if you really honestly look at how far entrenched they are, how much money, how they control so many um, organizations and, and government agencies and all the all the house the senate the presidency and whoever's running that um i think it's pretty hopeless but you know as as a believer as a christian i always say but all things are possible with god so you know and and my mantra is how do you eat the elephant and i say one bite at a time and uh i'm not going to go down without swinging and without giving everything i got i've been Mm -hmm. fortunate you know when i got in this disney fight i got involved with a group called ccdf uh, county citizens defending freedom and their whole idea is about, you know, you don't have to take the whole country to win. You, if you look at a lot of the key areas, there's about seven, 100 counties in the U.S. that a lot of the fraud happened in, a lot of this uh, dark money went into. And if each one of us can take care of our counties and we can unite and use the resources and use the legal system and, and, and get businessmen involved with their resources to help out, um, we really think we can make an impact. Um, and we're already begun to see we have a lot of wins. Uh, Jeff Childers is now helping out legally at the, at the very top of that thing. Uh, and we know he's a real smart guy. Um, so we, we have probably the best strategy I've seen as I've looked at, at the landscape and go, what can we possibly do? Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at uh, organizations like County Citizens Defending Freedom is, is a really good game plan. Um, I know General Flynn's organization uh, with Ken Mayo and his brother Joey, uh, the America Project, is doing a lot of good work. I, I believe they helped in Virginia to win that back um, with the election integrity and the push there. Um, so there's some good organizations out there. I know uh, Turning Point USA brings a lot of good awareness and they, and they engage a lot of young people. I know with CCDF, we have uh, the Patriot Academy. Uh, trying to get churches engaged in understanding their constitutional rights and get them off the pews and out involved in, in the legislative process, in the school boards, and dealing with all these things. Um, so I'm really thinking and feeling that besides my messaging and, and, and talking where I have an opportunity wherever I can, I think on the local level, if we have a real organized system um, and and and, our, and we have so many people in our local area that the same way we're all looking for the same thing. If we have a vehicle that's going to work, that's organized, I think a lot of us are going to want to get plugged into that. And we're seeing that here as I've begun to lift up Osceola County. Um, our meetings are starting to grow. The engagement is starting to happen and people really want to get involved. I think some of the challenges is in a lot of these communities, there's a lot of um, still 
you know, even people that are like-minded, maybe differences of opinions, maybe some people have compromised already and, and other people are upset about that. But I think we all just got to start anew, uh, go with a clean slate. Let's uh, hold the line and, and look at the issues and the goals and just rally around that. And I think last time we talked about it, about all these legislators who are, you know, wearing an R on their name, but they're, uh, they're allowing a lot of things to happen. And, and I think we agreed that they're going to have nowhere to go because, you know, if the Democrats, you know, or I would say the, the Marxist Communist Party takes over, um, there's going to be no, no love for them. That's for sure. They're, they're not mm-hmm. going to get away with it. Um, and then those who on, on our side who saw that they gave it all away and they, they laid down and rolled over, they're not going to have a place with us. So I think they're going to be in a bad place. And I, and I think I think they're realizing I don't think people realize how bad it could get how fast. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful they're waking up to that. Yeah, we haven't, I, I kind of say, well, I, I hate to say it, but we haven't seen nothing yet. I mean, really, we haven't seen, um, the fallout, the total fallout. I mean, we're starting to get a hint of it with this inflation and, you know, probably by the end of next quarter, we'll start to, we will, we might be in a recession, uh, very probable. Um, either way, we're, we're not going the right, right direction, but, um, you know, I still think it short term to medium term, uh, it's not looking great. Um, I just been, I mean, I guess part of what can we do? Uh, I've been prepping. I mean, I've been buying food in bulk and storing it and canning it. I bought a canner. I'm trying to get food secure because of, um, what I think are going to be some pretty severe food shortages based on because of the, the war in Ukraine being, um, a major factor in that. And you've got other global powers like India, they're saying that they're going to predicting the same thing. And so therefore they're not, they're really severely limiting their, their wheat exports, um, except to countries in severe need. So people are already engaging in protectionism and protecting the resources that they do have because they're anticipating scarcity, um, coming up. But, um, I did watch, uh, 2000 mules the other night and, um, it was really, uh, of course, eye opening, And, uh, I, I feel like, uh, pretty hard to put a charitable explanation on it, um, to, to sweep under the rug, but kind of going back to what we were talking about. Well, my thought, my first thought after it ended was, okay, they got, they had some kind of what I would call conservative thought leaders that were giving their thoughts, like in live time, the before and after here, what do you think about election fraud before they saw the footage that they put together? And what do you think now? And almost all of them were like, yeah, this is terrible. We need to do something. And I'm like, okay, so well, what, what are we going to do? Because this is clearly criminal. It clearly overturned an election. So what are you conservative thought leaders going to do besides tweet angry tweets? Is anybody going to hold anybody accountable or are we just going to fundraise off of it and, 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 you know, uh, shine our own star basically, or is anybody going to use their clout and their, uh, platform to find ways to hold these people and organizations accountable. Obviously, they had to be careful about not naming names and that, you know, blurring out um, images before anybody's been proven guilty. So, but they know that in the background, they probably have ways of identifying both the mules and the organizations that they went to. I'm like, okay, so w- what are we going to do with that information? Anything? Mueller? Bueller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't think I don't think anybody's going to hold them accountable. I mean, not not with the, the compromised um, people we have in those in those areas. Right. In the in the alphabet policing and, and all these other things. But I think awareness is a big deal. I, I think it begins to chip 
chip holes and you see be- people begin to are, are awakening. I've, I'm seeing it a lot. Like when I go to places and I see people I haven't seen in a while, I'm really surprised by the people that come up and hug me and thank me. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's moving the needle. And mm. I think awareness is the big, beginning of it. I think we, we saw the numbers at some point, it's like 10%. If you get 10% of the people, you, you shift everything. Um, and, and then I think there's a big push. I know we're doing it with CCDF to, to put a lot of poll watchers to get involved, um, to make sure that the election, these times elections are secure and these things are not as easy to pull off. Um, and then as we win these elections back, Lord willing, um, then we have to hold people accountable. You know, I, I've been saying we hold, we hold the line and stop the bleeding. We try to take ground back, but then we got to hold them accountable because if not, they're, they're, they're going to be protectionist to, to a point of, of extreme, um, whatever that looks like. Um, and, and we, we, we got to put the nail on the coffin on it and, and hold them accountable and, and whatever civil penalties they are, they got to get them. Well, and I, I've been something I've been tweeting, you know, lately is like, well, it's not a crime if nobody's going to enforce it. I mean, so just like, you know, so it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah, of course we all see what's going on is illegal. It's kind of like the, all the looting you see going on at these stores where they just, the smashing grabs. Well, is anybody enforcing it? Uh, it, Even if they do get caught, it's a catch and release, you know, to, I don't know if that's the official term. Thanks to, thanks to George Soros. You know, he's, he's put all these people in place. Yeah. Um, The guy's a nut. Um, Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of people like in L.A., a lot of people that were supportive of anybody with, you know, with a D on their name with a lot of money, I think they're realizing um, this is the wrong path. Um, so so sometimes there, there may be a silver lining in all this, Haley. It may be that people, you know, if we would warn people and we have warned people about what it would look like, nobody pays attention. But when it gets so bad that they can't avoid it and it's in their face and they're paying I mean, they're saying inflation's at 8%, but we know those numbers are a lie because everything's up 40, 50, 100%. I mean, they say gas is up, I don't know, 40%, but I remember when Trump was in office, it was like less than two bucks. That's 100% to me. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and look at rents. You got BlackRock, Vanguard, they're buying up all these houses. Goldman just bought a whole, Goldman Sachs just brought a whole neighborhood. They're, they're pulling the, you know, home ownership out of reach of average families and yet they're raising rents to astronomical highs. Gas, inflation, food has got everybody up to here. It's going to take a recession. And how many people are just going to go under? Um, I think those are going to be the wake-up calls. But unfortunately, it might be after too much damage and too much hurt is done. We're seeing that with the shots. So I mean, many, it, feels, know, it feels intentional, though, doesn't it? I mean, it feels like they are intentionally trying to collapse the system. I mean, monetarily. Uh, socially, culturally, um, every which way, it feels like the walls are closing in, that they're doing everything they can to destroy, um, I don't know what to call it, because it's not just America, because this isn't unique to America, it's everywhere. Um, Western civilization, maybe, Um, but it just, it certainly feels like, uh, especially in America, I mean, I could speak for us, but I say, well, uh, I'm not saying that Joe Biden and his administration are deliberately trying to destroy the country, but I'm just saying that I don't know what they do differently if they were. Um. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I'll go on on a limb and say I think it's obvious. I think yeah. I think I think there's a lot of common sense things. Um, you're talking about people in in that that are in governance, and you know to know when we saw the police in New York City having water dumped on their head. 
and getting and people getting away with it and throwing bricks. Um, and then you see the defund the police movement. I mean, I've lived in New York City. Um, I've seen it back when it was Koch and it was uh, people prior to Giuliani. And I saw crime rampant. I lived right off of uh, I lived on Restaurant Road right off of Times Square. And it was a war zone when I got out of working in the nightclubs at four in the morning to come through Times Square. I can't even begin to describe what that looked like. And to see it so cleaned up and what worked, you saw the difference. And people mm-hmm. complained because of the stop and frisk. But because they had gone to an extreme, it took an extreme to get it back under control. And that control lasted through Bloomberg's years. And we saw it all of a sudden when my wife and I are there two or three times a year to visit my dad and do the things we loved. As we were witnessing for, for the last four or five years, we began to see things changing. And it was policy. It's real obvious. It, you know, and you could see it falling apart. You could see the city getting dirtier. You could see the things getting unsafer. And as that began to happen, I mean, they know what they're doing. It doesn't take a genius. They, they, you know, cops were killing themselves. They were retiring early. They stopped the academies. So they, they, there's going to be a long cycle before that law and order comes back into place over there, even though this guy now, the mayor there, who I, I, you know, we we got a bad DA and and now the mayor, he talks good. He's not going to deliver, and he knows better. And I think those people in the administration and no. all these people, they know better. I, I can't believe Did that I they think you? the open borders is a good idea. I mean, it was three or four years ago where everybody knew you couldn't have an open border because you don't know who's coming through an open border. And we know there's drugs, and we know there's gangs right over the border. And now we have people from all over the world escaping into there. And then during COVID, you know, everybody else that's a citizen has to be locked down and masked and vaccinated but we could just open the borders and everything's going to be okay. That's just common sense. I, and, and unless they're so devoid of common sense that these seem like good ideas, then maybe, but I have a hard time believing that I, it just, it just feels too intentional. Yeah. And I, I, I think once upon a time, you know, we used to joke, well, I don't know if the, you know, this is, if there's evil or just stupid, you know, and uh, there was a, a case to be made, but I think these last two years has very clearly, uh, illustrated that, uh, oh, it's clearly evil. They cannot be this stupid. They cannot be this stupid. There's no way. And somebody said, well, you know, it, even if, if they were, if it were just stupidity or incompetence, you know, occasionally they would make a mistake in our favor, you know, but it, it never goes in our favor ever. It's always one way. It's like, you know, the media bias is always one way, you know, all these mistakes always favor one side over the other never they never throw us a bone or if they do there's always some ulterior motive they're controlling they're controlling so much and then when Mm -hmm. we do get a win it's it's a it's too little too late you Mm -hmm. know when it was interesting when the supreme court when they when they were going to attack the national mandates um they had the deadline i can't remember what the deadline was well they didn't do a stay uh jeff childers was saying he thought they would do a stay they went past the date and the, and then split the baby and left the CMS and stopped the mandate. Well, by mm-hmm. that time, the damage is done. So many people caved. So mm-hmm. many people lost their jobs. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden they give you a, a seemingly victory. And anybody who really cares would not allow that to happen. If they really felt strongly about it, they would have they would have put a stay in place and, and given people a chance and just taken the anxiety off their back. That's another thing. Nobody cares about the stress. And now we're seeing it through all the mental health health issues. All the rehab centers are, are above capacity, the suicide rates, you know, all these things. And it's just like nobody cares because all these people in leadership 
whether they got an R or D by their name, they got what they need. You know, mm -hmm. they, they got their golden parachutes. Um, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I would add to the, you know, whether it's intentional or not, you know, Joe, Joe Biden stepped into office and one of the first executive orders, I think the first day was to, to, to do trans sports and girls sports, right? Um, he totally single-handedly just threw a grenade into girls sports. And well, all and, the good and, things. and canceling the the Keystone Pipeline, and now they've canceled the the Alaska oil lease as well. You know, so right. again, so that, uh, that, that, <laughs> it doesn't smash the smell test, right? Yeah, right. They they canceled the Keystone Pipeline. They 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 lifted the sanctions from Russia to make uh, Europe and Germany dependent on that oil, and then mm -hmm. we end up in the situation we're in. And it was everybody everybody that was making comment on it knew what was coming, so. I, I cannot see any universe where they just don't know what they're doing besides right. all the stupid stuff they're doing. But a lot of these major policy issues seem um, pretty determined to, to rip the, the fabric of this country apart. Yeah. You know, and I get the, the kind of the, the low IQ response about, well, it's not Joe Biden. It's his handlers. I'm like, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. I know it's not Joe Biden. That's the evil mastermind behind this. I know no, nobody actually thinks Joe Biden's in charge or Kamala Harris, that these were deliberately handpicked people because they were clearly puppets of the regime, um, whoever it is is pulling the strings. I mean, you know, but let's like, just for the sake of brevity, yes, it's Joe Biden and his administration, the deep state, whoever you want to say. I mean, and you, you touched on something earlier where you said, um, you know, like that, the, the, the left extreme has provoked another extreme response or vice versa. And I said, I think that's what we're getting at now is the left has gone so far left and they've gone so far crazy. I mean, just absolutely batshit insane that the only way we're going to, claw this back is we're going to have to have an equal response. Um, I, I like in what the left has been doing and all this, it's like, you know, having that, like your, your annoying little brother in the car and he kind of like is touching you or like just putting his finger like right close to you. And you're like, stop it, stop it. You know? And then he just keeps provoking you or doing this. And finally you get mad enough. You go stop and you whack him. And then they start to cry. He hit me. He hit me. You know, I could see that that's what's going to happen where they just keep poking us and prodding us and doing enough little things, you know, because we, we can't respond in kind or we won't until the day that we do. And then the, the day that we do, uh, of course, they're going to turn around immediately and play victim and say, look at them, the violent far right, these far right extremists, you know, this is a threat. They're domestic terrorists. You could see it all shaping up right now. And especially even in light of this newest uh, shooter that we're having, which, of course, they're going to run with the whole white supremacist narrative there, which in this case, he actually was. But that doesn't mean, you know, that that's painting with a, a broad brush. I mean, he's actually a white supremacist in the true definition of the word not in the way that they want to paint anybody to the right of Mitt Romney as yeah and 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 what, what's telling about that you you know when I I appreciate that they bring a lot of attention to issues like that I think it's terrible to see anything like that but what you you notice is the response when the media sees an opportunity like this they blow it up and they they give it the attention it deserves I'll say mm -hmm. but when something like a guy drives to a parade of families and kills a bunch of people who shows up and who says anything? Mm -hmm. um, it's so easy. You could see all these things that happen. I mean, you're seeing Pfizer dump all these documents right now. And they're and it's clear that what they did was criminal. They knew the data. They knew the trials. Anybody talking about it? 
I mean, that's that's mass murder to me. I mean, mm-hmm. in something like that in the past, if it was just a few people that died, they, they would shut it down. Um, but even now, I'm still seeing commercials. I watched Fox the other day and they have a commercial. You got to trust the experts. We, we need to get you vaccinated and keep you safe. Even at this point, and you're watching the data from around the world scream at you that all cause mortality is skyrocketing and nobody has a reason for it. And it's real obvious what the reason is. Um, but, but that's, that's the reality. It's the media, it's the, what they draw attention to. But I think it's become so it's become a caricature of reality. People are looking at this and they're going, they're starting to see it. And I think that's the good thing. And I think even our little voices here and there, and we keep talking and we keep planting seeds. I keep having conversations when I go to work. I think, you know, we just got to keep eating the elephant one bite at a time and keep winning minds over and just, you know, let God do the rest. Um, I think we could turn it. I'm, 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 I believe so, despite, I, despite the odds. Yeah, yeah. I have two, uh, two friends. One's a cousin, I guess. And one's my cousin and one's my old uh, college best friend who I'm not in touch with anymore. She uh, unfriended me, actually, even before the COVID stuff I think happened. you told me about that last yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, 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 I can follow her on Twitter. Um, and, you know, she doesn't tweet too much, but she's out in Salem, Oregon. Um, and, um, I mean, I would never have termed her, I mean, she's a leftist for sure, but I wouldn't put her in like the Antifa camp of leftism. And then my, my poor cousin, who's just very blue pilled, you know, naive, she's a a good Christian and everything, but I kind of, those are the two I keep an eye on where I'm like, I think that's a good bellwether for where the rest of America is, where if I can start to see chinks in the armor of them, maybe coming around or starting to, you know, put out any sort of uh questioning tweets or facebook posts then, then i'll know that that we're definitely on the right track i haven't seen it yet granted my, my cousin is very careful now about i think she's gone away from posting many political things on on facebook too much uh, uh i was surprised she didn't post anything about the abortion bill because um she's always been very vocal about being pro-life and i'm like oh i hope you haven't gone so far to the left that now you're even like you know lost your pro-life uh beliefs as well. But, um, you know, I thought I was going to get, I thought my, my college roommate was, was turning the corner. Um, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm not fully sure. I, I, I kind of unfriended her. She refriended me on Facebook and then I unfriended her back after I kind of looked through her profile and saw that she, you know, she, she was proudly displaying photos of her getting her two young kids vaccinated and everything. I was like, ah, yeah, I can't, so, you know, I'm sorry. It's so, it's so hard to see that. It's so yeah. hard to see that we've had we've had to learn to tolerate or accept things that we cannot change, and it's 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 really hard when you know the damage. It's so obvious, and now we're seeing it. Yeah, and and see, how anybody how anybody could still be in that camp of pushing these vaccines on people? Yeah, it's it's, um, it's unbelievable. Same thing with my cousin with her uh, daughter. You know, but I mean, she's my cousin. She's family, so I. I keep her around, <laughs> but, um, so tell me, um, do you have any updates on like all the lawsuits for Disney? I, I was kind of curious about what, uh, what was going on with them because, um, obviously they eventually dropped their mandate. So do you still have a, a lawsuit going or did, well, we, did that we, go we, away with the dropping we, of the mandates? Yeah. With, with, with Jeff Childers, we had dropped the, um, the lawsuit that was in, in process that we were putting together, uh, for the mandates. Um, and we were working behind the scenes and, you know, everybody in all the rallies and all the groups, we basically put pressure on. We know uh, Winston Simpson and, and Chris Sprawls and, and all that gang. They didn't want to call a special session. 
but I think uh, we helped give uh, DeSantis the leverage to force it, and we got that. So we got a little bit of a win, though a lot of people were fired in the process. A lot of people um, caved and took the jabs. Um, but now we're dealing with discrimination, something that I had warned about, uh, a lot of us had warned about, and we went to Tallahassee to truly, truly try to fight for it was to get a clean bill where nobody knew your health status because we knew it was going to open the door for some gross discrimination, which we're still seeing. We got friends that are teachers in, in school and in nursing school, and they're forcing the kids now to get their boosters because of the CMS. And if they don't get their boosters, they're not going to be able to do their finals. And that's still happening in Florida. Mm-hmm. And we have we created an app uh, to create uh, a salvo to collect instant affidavits. Um, we started a coalition, Medical Freedom Coalition, I think, .org, where you could go there and tell your discrimination stories. And we're building them up to pull an Aaron Brockovich where we could deliver them to legislators uh, to put the pressure on them. But right now, um, I have a team of lawyers. Uh, we have backing. Uh, CCDF is, is joining us and backing again. Um, and we have other organizations. Children's Health Defense is looking at uh, jumping in the fray. And we are uh, now finalizing the complaint against discrimination. Uh, I wish I could tell you some of the crazy things that have happened at Disney. Um, but we're going to push back because we have to send the message and we got to make sure this doesn't happen again. We know the masks don't work. Even at my location and all over Disney, people that are fully vaccinated, double jab, you know, triple jab, quadruple jab, they're all getting COVID. And I'm working with them sometimes a day before, and I'm fine because I got natural immunity. Um, doesn't make any sense. And if we allow this to be normalized, we know what awaits us. We're seeing it in Shanghai, in Australia, in Canada, New Zealand. We're seeing it all over the world that the insanity and the absurdity, you know, the the, the ins- the inmates have taken over the asylum and facts be damned and science be damned and truth be damned. They're just going on with their plan, um, which makes me feel that it's definitely uh, there's a concerted effort to, to achieve a goal that maybe we don't fully understand, but I know we could all guess on it. Um, so we're, we're, we're pushing forward with the lawsuit. Uh, I'm doing a lot of media to talk about a lot of the issues um, because we're, we're noticing that not only Disney, um, but all these corporations are, are so woke. And I got friends in Southwest Air that are talking to me about their major issues going on over there. Um, one of the things I, I'll, I'll speak anonymously on behalf of my friends is that they've told them verbally June 10th, they have to sign a document agreeing to all the CDC's recommendations as they happen to mm. keep their jobs. Mm-mm. Now the CDC is not, nobody elected them. Right. They're not a governing body. They're mm-hmm. there to make recommendations, observations or recommendations. And as we know, they've gotten everything wrong through this whole process. Everything. And yet, everything. And now there's a corporation that says you have to basically agree to agree that whatever they say you're going to do. So if they end up saying you need 10 boosters, that's what you got to do. And three masks, you got to do it. And if they change your mind, you got to shift with that. So how is that legal and how is that constitutional? And, you know, my analogy lately is, we're in the fourth quarter at the two, two minute war at the two minute warning. The, the enemy has the ball on the first and goal. Mm-hmm. We we're up by four points. So a field goal is not going to get it. And what's standing in our way in their way, faith in a living God and the U S constitution. That's all we got. And those for what, were it's worth. To, for what it's worth anymore, because even a lot of lawyers aren't standing up. You know, the court systems are, are, our Supreme court has been failing us. 
but we can't give up. We got to hold the line. We got to, we got to hold the line. We got to keep fighting. Um, you know, I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy. If you ever watch all those battles, I don't know if yeah. you ever watch them. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, what I loved about them is that all the battles are epic and hopeless. Yes. There's no way uh -huh. out of them. You know, Frodo doesn't look like he's ever going to get there to, to the uh, mountain of Mordor to get that ring in there, but it all works out and it's really ugly on how it works out, but it works out. And, uh, you know, as a believer, that's how I feel it's going to be. We're, we're, it's going to work out. It's that's a good what the allegory. I mean, it, exactly. And I think that uh, I keep thinking, who's the Frodo? Is there somebody that's got the ring of power that can destroy it? Or, you know, and then what? what is, uh, what is what does Gandalf say? He says, like, hope can be found in the smallest of creatures or the smallest right. of places or some, something like that. That's a paraphrase. I, I, but, I think um, it's going to come out of places we don't expect. I think that, you know, people say, say, like to say God has a sense of humor. Yeah. I think, we're, I, you know, I think it comes out of places that we don't expect and everybody is jockeying and, and, you know, you see a lot of even in the movement where I've gone to these doctor conferences, there's some division going on because people start to capitalize and they find that, uh, you know, they, they, they want to use this as a, as a platform. Um, so God's going to find that those people that are, um, you know, you wouldn't expect. And I think that's where it comes from. Is Disney still um, discriminating against the unjabbed by making you wear a ridiculous yep. PPI? So you have to yeah. wear like the, the big uh, the, the N95 and a face shield or what is it? In, so, in some places they do. Um, uh -huh. For me, I had to wear the N95. Um, and then in my location, they don't have it in writing anywhere. So the managers get to interpret. And in our location, our manager at the time decided to interpret it different. And we got back on the cloth mask where a lot of other people have not, they're still in. And there was a young, I've had a lot of families reach out Their Their kids have come to Florida for their dream job and they've had to leave because um, even when I try to work with those area leaders, they would say, well, they interpret the data and the information differently. So they've left it up to interpretation, which makes no sense. Yeah. One of the more gross, um, and there's a lot of bad stuff, but there was a young lady when everybody was masked up and she was having to wear the N95 and she was sticking out. She was really sensitive to the criticism and the questions. So she put a cloth mask over the N95, the cover that she had to wear the N95, making it even harder to breathe. Oh. And they reprimanded her for that because she, she had to either take that cloth mask off or she would be forced to wear even more PPE. That mm. shows you that it's not about health and safety because she was safe with that N95 mask over there. They want the visuals of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it, yeah, it just makes no sense. No, no. I mean, it just, uh, I, I can't believe it. There's so many things just on its face. You don't even have to do a deep dive into data. I mean, it just make, it's, makes no sense. There's, it does makes no logical sense whatsoever that, you know, you wearing your N95 is going to move the needle for slowing the spread or something when you've got, you know, 90% of the rest of the people around you aren't wearing a mask. Or anything like that and yet little old nick you know you're doing your part they're saying kind of like how they're masking those toddlers up in new york city because why 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 you know because then, they've been then, shown to be vectors severe vectors whereas you know all the adults triple jabbed and everything they can go to a sports game and you know yell and shout and cheer but heaven forbid your toddler should go unmasked for eight hours a day and learn how to speak properly uh no well, 
Well, you, well, you see, you see the hypocrisy of it, right? You see Gavin Newsom locking everybody down, mask, and then he's going to dinner with no mask. You see it at the Met Gala where all these stars are going, and then you could see the workers with their mask on leaning in to, to do stuff. You mm-hmm. see all the, the kids being masked, but you see Pelosi at a lunch and a dinner with all these people. You're seeing it constantly in the hypocrisy. And what's interesting, I saw a picture and I posted it on Twitter where Trudeau was with Zelensky recently to see a YouTube concert and they're all smiling in a war zone, no mask on. And then he goes back to Canada the next day and he's got his mask on in parliament. I mean, you know, and then you have the, the, what is it? The, the press correspondence dinner or whatever that is. And it turns out to be a super spreader event. And, and, okay. and how, still, how could that be? They've all been triple jabbed. I mean, right, but they all have, right. they all have to say the words, say the words. I'm grateful for my vaccine and my booster or else it would have been worse. All right. I mean, say the incantation. Yeah. And, 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 you know, my argument for that, and even one of my bosses at work said, well, it's for your own safety and you know, it keeps it from severe um, sickness. And I'm like, before the vaccines, people got, they kept saying we were asymptomatic. There was a lot of asymptomatic people. So people didn't get that sick. Some people mm-hmm. got sick and got better. Some people got severely sick and some people died. Well, after the vaccine, same thing, right? So I've gotten COVID. I survived it. Um, I, I've seen a lot of my friends just get it mildly uh, without the vaccine. And then you're seeing people with the vaccine get a lot sicker. So there's no science behind their claims. Um, but it's amazing how they all continue to hold the line and say, thank goodness that I'm vaccinated. Um, it's such a fraud and they, they got to know they're frauds. Yeah. And, I don't and, know. And then I think a lot of the lower, the lower people are just scared to say the truth. They can't admit that they've been bamboozled. I mean, or that they've, they're on the wrong team. Um, I think, um, you know, the push I, I've seen over the last couple of years, a big swing in the pendulum, even on Twitter. I mean, you know, we talk a lot about the shadow banning and, you know, the censorship and everything. Um, and yet, I mean, the people I see constantly getting ratioed the most are these idiot leftists that have the most ridiculous opinions, you know, and they are just ratio after ratio, Eric Feigl ding and any of these ABC, NBC news reporters. I mean, you, you go and read the comments. And of course, it used to be the other way. I mean, you know, we, you'd be a, a lone voice in the wilderness trying to, you know, comment back. And now, even in the age of censorship and, and everything, I mean, these leftists, the regime reporters and everything uh, are just getting lit up in the comments. And, you know, so Thank that you. gives yeah. me hope that um, the tide is turning and that when it stops being cool to be a leftist, um, you know, which is going to be hard because they control the culture. Um, and so they can kind of control um, the media, the social media, the influencers, Hollywood, the music and everything. And so it makes it cool. It makes it seem like that what they are pushing is has a lot more support than what it actually does. But I think, you know, we're starting to finally turn our back. And, I, and unfortunately, with uh, you know, your employer has been a prime target of that because in, in the midst after all this, you know, uh, controversy here in Florida, I mean, they've, they've gone on a, a multi-day, like it was at least a seven day losing streak of every, every day from, for like seven days or more, they're hitting new 52 week lows, 52 week lows, 52 week lows. And then they came out with a disastrous Q1 earnings report and everything um, that I think they're in trouble. Um, and, and their favor, I saw something too, about not just their, their, the, from the stock price standpoint, but their favorability. Favorability. Um, I saw that. I saw that. It got, yeah. it, got, it got battered. 
Yeah, yeah, which for a, a name brand, you know, with brand recognition that should be in the 70s or 80s, you know, I mean, they're barely holding even. Um, so, you know, I mean, they're getting battered. So I think people are finally starting, they're saying enough is enough and they're, they're finally, and that's what we have to do. And I, I hate to say it. I mean, like, like, look, you got to do some of these little things. If you're not going to do the little things, what are you going to be able to do the big things? Right. You know, like, like not, you know, like, Hey, not buy your Disney plus subscription or not have your Netflix, you know, how about you use angel studios instead, or one of these other maybe Christian based, you know, apps or, or, um, uh, streaming services that uh, are more in line with your values. We have to start finding ways to vote our values. And I know it's hard. And I know that we can't boycott every company out there or else we'd probably never be able to do business again. But we have to find ways to start pushing back culturally. And that's why I think um, that this, this what DeSantis did with Disney was such a huge win because it was a culture war victory that we haven't won in a long time. We have not had a win in the culture wars in a long time. So a lot of people are saying, oh, it's not going to change anything. It's not about, I don't care if they pay taxes or not. It's not really about sticking it to them financially. It was a big win in the media and from a PR standpoint and from, you know, a shot in the arm to, to conservatives like us to say, yes, finally, finally, somebody is standing up to these people. And look at how effective Governor DeSantis has been at taking on these issues because he has been fighting the culture war in a way that no other Republican or conservative has. And he is winning. He's been winning. Not only has he been winning, but his popularity has skyrocketed. So that should be a, a, a clue to some of these other Republicans. Why are they not following his lead? Why are not, why are there still too many Republicans out there that you know, are being milk toast and wishy washy and, you know, towing the line and not really saying too much, you know, when it seems pretty clear that this is the winning side if you take Governor DeSantis for an example. Yeah. And and I and I really thank God for him and thank God that we're in Florida through all this. I mean, it's really definitely encouraging. Um, and, and I think we talked on the last time with the legislators were so dragging their feet and so terrible. Um, but a lot of them, I, I'll, I'll give them a little bit of credit. They came around and at least they've gotten a lot of things done um, under DeSantis that mm-hmm. has been real positive uh, and encouraging. Um, but yeah, you would think that everybody, but I think I think a lot of these people are compromised already. I think they, they can turn back. I mean, I, I imagine it's like, you know, I hate how, to say how are it. They, how, are they so, how are they so compromised so early? I mean, we always say that. And of course, we know one of the big ways that they compromise these people is through like sexual blackmail. I'm like, are they, are, is everybody a right. sexual deviant? Like, <laughs> like, is there nobody out there that's just a normal, like, come on, is it, is this way uh, more common than what we think? I don't know. You, well, you would, you would think if somebody's claiming to be a conservative and the issues are real basic about the constitution and basic freedoms. And, you know, mm-hmm. we saw it with the mandates. Why didn't anybody speak up? I mean, we had DeSantis and we had Sabatini mm-hmm. um, when it came to, while we were under assault all that time with, with the mandates holding over our heads and yet not one of them spoke up. What is it? I mean, mm-hmm. I wish they would tell us. Yeah. Um, well, and Madison, yeah, so, well, I think part of it, I think we're seeing part of it because Madison Cawthorn dared to speak out a little bit about the orgies and cocaine on offer in, in the Capitol. And they've been doing a little drip, drip, drip campaign against him ever since trying to take him out, basically, because he dared to utter a, a, a truth. Did you hear his comments about that? Did you see that? No, I didn't. Maybe send that to me because I haven't heard. I haven't seen or heard that. Yeah. Do you know who Madison Cawthorn is? 
No, nah, sounds familiar. Yeah, but he's I don't. what he's the U.S. representative, uh, congressman from I want to say North Carolina. He's in a wheelchair. Um, he's a young guy, like really oh, young. young guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, in a wheelchair, yeah, yeah. and he came out, and you know, he said something about you know, yeah, he gets offered to, you know, he gets offered. I remember. To go to these, okay, now I remember. Yeah. That. And so, oh you get boy, so much they, information. It's like drinking out of a fire hose. You can't even remember right, two days yeah. ago the stuff you came across until somebody really reminds you. Yeah, and uh, boy, they've they've been trying. They've been you know releasing salacious or salacious videos and photos of him now. I mean, him in costumes. I mean, it's stupid stuff. It's like frat boy stuff. I mean, but that's uh, but that might be all they have on him. But they're trying to, of course, you know, pull out the big guns and. Uh, take him out because he dared it's like he broke it's like when you what do you call it you, you broke the the fourth wall or the uh you know there's just like an unspoken rule that you don't talk about these things because right i, I remember i remember when somebody approached i can't remember who the politician was about the um what's the name of that place with the big owl where they the uh, something grove Oh, and, modern, uh, Bohemian Grove. Bohemian Grove, and they yeah. and they approached him with the video, and he says, "There's a gentleman's agreement." He was highly offended that somebody was breaking the gentleman's agreement and even asking him about it. Yeah. And I think, really, in their head, they have this idea that this is how it works. It's not about we the people or or governance, you know, servant uh, servant s- s- leadership. It's about, you know, everybody goes there for a career to make their money and to and to be these elitists. And I think mm-hmm. they share all that in common across the board. So they do protect each other. You know, they in public, they probably come at each other. But behind the scenes, there's a level of uh, we're not going to go here or go there um, because, you know, we're all kind of guilty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody's an angel, but I mean. I don't know. And the people like you and I who probably, I mean, there's no dirt on me. I mean, well, eh, probably not. <laughs> Maybe some for my I, 20s. I, but... I, I, I probably got a lot in my past. Uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 yeah, yeah. I was a little, yeah. but I mean, yeah. you know, but not, uh, you know, I, I wasn't an angel. Let's put it that way. But I mean, really, comparatively speaking, I've had a pretty square life. There's no, I have no criminal record. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, and really, I don't even have a speeding ticket. So, I mean, there's not really much you can get on me. But of course, we're the types that aren't really persuaded or don't want to jump into the foray. I, I, I was I was um, approached about running for school board here in my county. I really did consider it. I was just really nervous about jumping into that foray because I just feel like I'd be dirty. I'd like like by dirty by association. Like they they have a way of dragging you into the muck, even when you try your best to stay out of it. Even with like a little position like the school board, and you know, I got a trusted opinion from a, a one of the Lake County commissioners, and um, yeah, everybody else is saying, "Yeah, do it, do it." And he's kind of like, "Why? You know, that's why we why would they put you up against him? He seems to be pretty well liked." And blah blah blah. I said, "I don't know." So he kind of actually told me not to do it, and I was like, "Okay, well, that's an informed opinion um, from somebody you know who's involved in government right now." So I'm like, "All right, I'm gonna take your word." It was kind of I was on the fence. I wasn't like feeling called to do it, but I mean, at the same time, I'm like, well, I would be a reluctant warrior. I suppose I should do it because that's what I'm telling people to do is get involved. But, um, it's just the timing wasn't right and everything. But, um, yeah, I, I do. I'm, I am grateful that we're seeing some really good people, at least from what I could tell of them that they mm-hmm. are stepping up and, mm-hmm. and going that direction. So, um, it's encouraging. Yeah. Uh, and let's hope, let's see how this election shakes out. We might end up with a whole group of people in there that might surprise us for the good. Yeah. So I'm hopeful. 
I want to uh, just finish off and I, I want to just talk about, I know that uh, we're both Christians and um, faith is important to you. It's important to me. And, and uh, I just want to ask, does it feel like we're in the end times right now? <laughs> yeah, I can go into that. I can well, go I, into I've got, that. I've got, I've got yeah, a yeah. bookmark right here. Oh, but, oh you yeah. got a bookmark. Okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right, what, what, what is this? Yeah. Well, you know, in, in Revelation 18, 1823, you know, it says, it's merchants were the important people of the world because all the nations were deceived by its witchcraft. And if you take a, a concordance, the actual Greek word that they use, and sometimes they say witchcraft or sorcery, but the actual Greek word that they are translating to be that is pharmakia. So, yeah. you know, that the men were deceived by the pharmakia. What does that sound like to you? Yeah, I think I think that's correct. And I mean, the pharmakia, the whole idea of it, we see Bill Gates uh, loading up again and they're they're trying to piggyback all these new vaccines and and like it's not enough that we gave you vaccines and boosters now we're going to give you a an oral vaccine or a nasal vaccine that that is going to counteract the variants and forget about the other stuff we're going to start anew you know after all that's in you and, um, and then just seem getting, to seeing hearing about the revolving door between the national institutes of health and all the kickbacks or royalties that they've been getting from the pharmaceutical industry and it's kind of like well scientists agree on whatever the the funding tells them to (laughs) right yeah it's it's the corruption it's the corruption it's the money it's the bribes i think the farmer's key i think in that area where it's talking about all the merchants and everything it was interesting to me that it says in one hour um and and you know a lot of different bible uh, theologians interpret one hour at different time frames Mm -hmm. but it seems like it's all when it's all going to collapse at one time whenever Mm -hmm. god's timing is and all these people who have, and I think, you know, you look at the biblical, God always deals with people's pride. And if you look in through all the prophets and you look through the Psalms and you look, God is allowing, he gives people enough rope, you know, like in second Thessalonians, because they love not the truth. He allows them to, to he sends them a strong delusion. So he believes a lie and, and God. And, and even when he talks about Satan and I think it's Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 18, uh, he lifts up his head above the clouds and above the stars and, you know, but he says he's going to bring them down. And it's interesting because he relates him to the king of Tyre and Satan at the same time. So he's given a, a, a earthly fleshly representation, but the spiritual leading representation and the arrogance that it takes to, to, to hold these attitudes. But at the same time, he's going to tear them all down in, in one instance and prove that he is God. And I think at whatever point that is, it's going to happen. Um, I think as Christians, we don't want to see it happen too soon. So we're constantly praying for more time. No, I I want it to happen. Bring it on. I'm like, Jesus, please save us. I keep saying, get me off this planet. Uh, You know, and and that's what I say is like what I what I mentioned before is like, doesn't this feels like so big? How can we take on this global behemoth that has it's the spirit of malevolence that has overtaken the planet? And um, how can we fight that? And I don't know that we can. I said, I, you know, and this, especially when it doesn't seem like there's anybody on our side, you know, there's nobody in prominence, nobody in power, no nation that's going to stand up. Um, that's going to be able to move the needle against what's overtaken. I said, the only thing that I think can save us right now is Jesus Christ to, to return to, to free us from this, what appears to be the bondage, the slave, you know, servitude we're going to be put into under this beastly system that it feels like they're creating right in front of our nose. Um, I, I, I was going to say, I, I, you know, I've agreed with you and I've, I've gone like through my early Christian walk where when, when your eyes are wide open, you realize how deep and bad and dirty it is. You just want it, you know, Jesus come back. 
and then years go by and you're still here in the trenches. But I'm on fight mood right now. I'm in warrior <laughs> mode. <laughs> Nick's um, having fun. Uh, I don't know if it's fun. It's not easy. It's not yeah. easy. But I, 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 I want, you know, have nothing. Ephesians five eleven have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Mm-hmm. I think it's Second Corinthians ten, maybe five or two, where it says our weapons of our warfare are mighty in God, mm-hmm. um, and we're we're out to uh, to tear down anything that exalts itself uh, between the knowledge of God and obedience to Christ. Um, and I just feel that that's the call now. So um, if, I'm asking God for mercy to, to save more souls. I think it's the only way you keep your love alive, because if not, you look at everybody and, and bitterness and hate start to permeate. So I think it's important to keep keep worrying and praying and fighting for souls. That's what to, you, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that, because in Matthew 24, there's a, a detailed description of what it's going to look like. You know, he's giving the signs of what it's going to look like when he, when he returns. And so it says, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately and said, tell us, when will this happen? What will be the sign you are coming again? And when will the world come to an end? And so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll read the beginning. Jesus answered them, be careful not to let anyone deceive you. Many will come using my name. They will say, I am the Messiah and they will deceive many people. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Don't be alarmed. These things must happen, but they don't mean that the end has come. Nation will fight against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are only the beginnings of the pains of the end. They will hand them over to those who will torture and kill you. All nations will hate you because you're committed to me. Many will lose faith. They will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because there will be more and more lawlessness, most people's love will grow cold. But the person who endures to the end will be saved. And that's a scripture that sticks out. That, that at the, at, you know, we see all that happening, but that mm-hmm. one part has always kind of stuck out because iniquity will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And I, mm-hmm. But he who endures to the end will be saved. I think that's the King James Version that I memorized. I mean, yeah, and it feels pretty, uh, I, I mean, I'm sure there have been many times throughout history where people have thought, this is it. But I'm like, man, this. I hope this is it. Because if, 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 what, if, if what they plan on doing to us comes to fruition, we're going to have a miserable existence on this planet. I mean, it's going to be pretty, pretty terrible if they're, if they take care. But, you know, hey, if we're not in the end times, then all the more reason, like what you say, we got to fight because maybe there is a chance of riding the ship and, and stopping what's to come. Um, and, and our only choice is to fight because if, if, if Jesus ain't coming back anytime soon, well, geez, we better stop this. <laughs> but you, but you, but you want to be found faithful on the field, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's something that, that Steve Maxwell says over CCDF, uh, one of the, the founders. He, he says, you know, at least we're going to be on the field, be found faithful, and we're going to be building community, and we're going to be standing our ground, and we're going to be winning souls if we can. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it, you, you look at Revelation, you look at things where Jesus says you're lukewarm, uh, talks about people being lukewarm. Uh, you know, when, when people came to him, Lord, we did all these things. He says, I never knew you. I think a time like this, it calls for us to step out in faith. And to be more fervent in prayer and worship and discipling in all things. And I, and I think, if anything, the silver lining is it should be drawing us closer. Because if it's not drawing us closer, it's drawing us away. And uh, I see it like it, we're going two places. We're being conformed to the image of the beast or we're ge- being conformed to the image of Christ. And I think mm-hmm. there's two paths now that are set. And mm-hmm. people are, you know... You, 
God allows repentance, but at some point in Revelation says the door is shut. He who is righteous be righteous still. He who is evil be evil still. And I think now is the time to make that decision um, and, and to choose, you know, what conformity and what image bearing you're going to you're going to accept. Well, I know uh, you got to get out of here, but I, I want to give you the last word. Um, you know, the name of the show is What Can We Do? So I'm trying to answer that question at this point in time. What is your best advice? What would you advise people to do? Is anything solid, whether it's Florida or somewhere else in the U.S. or worldwide? What's your? What would you say? What can we do? I love that you brought it up. Faith. I th it starts there. It starts with the man in the mirror taking the beam out of your own eye, so you can see clearly how to take the straw. But I think everybody now has got a beam in their eye. So mm -hmm. you know. Um, but I, I think we we got to start there because if not, we we go in the battle and we're going to be going about it the wrong way, not with God's armor, not with God's will. Um, and then I think if we stay close to him and we seek, we keep seeking him, like, what do you want us to do? I think it's, it's all around us. Um, there in our communities in our, in our families and our jobs, there are plenty of opportunities. Um, I like organizations like the one I'm involved with now, CCDF. I encourage everybody to check them out and see what they're about. Um, and there's a lot to learn from there. Um, but I, I really feel this is the time to keep speaking out, speaking the truth cr clearly, not being fearful. Don't let fear determine uh, what actions you take and what you say. I think that's a terrible place to be in. Once you once you cower back, and I've been guilty of that plenty, um, you, you, you kind of start to lose your, your soul. You know, I think I think by staying staying true and honest and speaking the truth, um, no matter what. Uh, in love as much as possible. Um, I think you you keep the fire alive, um, and you know the the, the whole thing uh, is is to preach the gospel. And I think in today's day, there's many ways to do that besides the the clear message of the gospel. I think people have heard it a lot of it, and then seen a lot of false representation. But I think if if out of love we're going forward, even to fight for the truth for people that don't even are even our enemies at this point. Um, I think they're going to they're going to see that. And I think that's going to be that's going to leave a strong message of truth in people that even if they're against us, we're trying to save them from themselves um, and save them from their own crazy ideologies and, and, and mass insanity. I mean, mm -hmm. because it's like it's like a mass cult that's taken over people. Yeah, um, well, so, you know, I think they, you know, Satan can pour his spirit over the world. And I think that's, you know, this is his domain. So. I think that's what's happening. I think that's what we're seeing. I mean, I could be proven wrong, but um, Nick, hey, uh, always a pleasure talking to you. Um, your voice is very important and I'm glad you're using it uh, to be a force for good. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again, seeing you at the next rally and uh, keep on keeping on. All right. Thanks, Haley. Great to All talk right. to you too. All right. Always bye. a pleasure. Bye.